I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's great to have you. It is April 11th, and I got a fantastic show for you this week. In The Devil's Advocate, it's going to be a bit of a Nine Cents Letters conversation uh, based on the idea of dumbing down in America. In The Infernal Informant, Florida woman who, caught, who coughed on cancer patient amid COVID pandemic sentenced to 30 days in prison. And three-year-old fatally shoots baby brother after picking up unsecured gun. In the creature feature, we're going to close it out with literally me just talking about a billboard I saw. Asian American billboard. That, <laughs> I know what, it sounds weird. Maybe it is weird. I kind of became obsessed. So we'll, we'll talk about that at the tail end of the show. Uh, Gary, Martin, or Marty, how you doing? Thanks for joining, guys, uh, so early. Aaron, how are you, hon? I am well. I hope you are also. Dog, what up? Harith, how you doing? Thanks for joining live. Zachary, always great to see you. Early worm gets the eternal damnation is right. <laughs> you get a damnation. You get a damnation. You get a damnation. Everyone gets a damnation. Uh, but, you know, we're all going to be kicking it in hell together. So at least it'll be a hell of a party, right? That being said, anyone else who jumps in after the fact, if you have any comments or questions during the course of this conversation, get them up there in chat. Or if you just want to say hi to each other, that's fine too. I encourage you <laughs> say hi to each other. Um, today, a couple things. I'm immediately after this episode, which is the reason why I'm doing this early, going to be recording an evil live episode with a bunch of friends that are coming over and we're going to play the board game The Shining. And we're going to do an evil live presentation of playing that board game i'm looking forward to this i have not played it i've learned the rules i am all squared away with the different modes of play and i'm excited anytime you get a chance to go into the overlook damn the consequences do it so i am of course today is also if he were still alive anton lavey's birthday i always find it odd when people celebrate deceased people's birthdays because it doesn't matter at that point you as i've always like and no one has ever taught me this it's just an assumption while someone's alive you celebrate their birthday after they die you celebrate their passing not really even celebrate but you're celebrating their memory of the day that they passed right so you're doing an in memoriam i've never understood why people still celebrate a birthday after someone has died that's a weird thing to me. And so I don't ever really celebrate Herr Doctor's birthday because he's dead. So I celebrate his in memoriam. Right? I don't know. That's how I do it. Strange. Oh, I hope it's the last round. He's coming down the wire roof. <laughs> I want that book. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so excited. What's up, Sean? Hey, Candy Boy. How you doing? Um, okay. But that's just me. I will say, uh, it is his birthday. It's also a new moon. That means there shouldn't be any moon. Or if there is, it's just going to be this tiny, tiny little sliver. So what does that mean? 
we are all shrouded in darkness in the birthday of our first high priest and founder of this religion. Pretty goddamn apropos, <laughs> right? It's going to be great for that, if nothing else. Um, so if you're going to raise a glass, it's a little too early for me to raise a glass, but certainly consider raising a glass to Anton LaVey and um, enjoy the darkness as it caresses you tonight. I was going to say some other dirty stuff, but I decided not to. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the show, shall we? What am I doing? I got to do this. <laughs> Let me throw up this image and we are going to talk. We're going to get into this. So this was sent to me uh, last week, early last week. Um, and I guess this is something that's been going around in social media. I'm not in social media, so I don't know. I, I just know about it because someone emailed it to me. I was not aware of this book either. And so I'm really glad that you guys keep me in the loop on certain ideas or certain memes or certain messages that are spread around because... That way I can educate myself in this particular case about a new wonderful book I'm going to pick up and read. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So the highlighted text um, is basically saying, well, let, let me read you the letter that was sent with this. I didn't get permission to say the individual's name. I didn't ask for it either, but I didn't get it. And so I'm not going to say their name. However, they sent me this. The dumbing down of America is not exactly a new realization, but over the past handful of years, it has become an aggressive and even violent agenda. This pick floated around not long ago, and it prompted me to pick up Carl Sagan's The Demon Haunted World. It also brought to my attention that Sagan has been shamefully missing from my bookshelf. In particular, the last sentence highlighted in this image is my personal peeve. Not just ignorance, or even deliberate ignorance, but the celebration of ignorance, which is now more than ever a plague on our so-called informed society. So I wanted to read this, um, little excerpt for you. So we're all on the same page. And then I'm going to talk about, uh, sorry, I'm just loading Acrobat. I wasn't prepared, obviously. And then I'm going to talk about um, the book, the context of the statement, and then dive into my, my thoughts about it. So, I don't even have my glasses with me. This is going to suck. <laughs> I have a foreboding of an America in my children's or grandchildren's time. When the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all the key manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when almost when awesome technological powers are in the hands of a very few and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues, when the people have lost their ability to set their own agendas or knowledgeably question those in authority, when clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes, our critical faculties in, uh, uh, in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what's true, we slide almost without noticing back into superstition and darkness. The dumbing down of America is most evident in the slow decay of substantive con content in the enormously influential media, the 30-second sound bites, now down to 10 seconds or less, lowest 
common denominator programming, credulous presentations on pseudoscience and superstition, but especially a kind of celebration of ignorance. Okay, so that was Carl Sagan's concern. That was written in 1995, or it was published in 1995. It's from his uh, collective works with Anne Druyan, called The Demon Haunted World. Again, it was published in 1995 by Penguin Random House, LLC. Uh, the book itself frames this way. A prescient warning of a future we now inhabit, where fake news stories and internet conspiracy theories play to a disaffected American populace. How can we make intelligent decisions about our increasingly technologically driven lives if we don't understand the difference between the myths of pseudoscience and the testable hypotheses of science? Pulitzer Prize-winning author and distinguished astronomer Carl Sagan argues that scientific thinking is critical not only to the pursuit of truth, but to the very well-being of our democratic institutions. Casting a wide net through history and culture, Sagan examines and authoritatively debunks such uh, celebrated fallacies of the past, such as witchcraft, faith healing, demons, and UFOs. And yet, disturbingly, in today's so-called information age, pseudoscience is burgeoning with stories of alien abduction, channeling past lives, and communal hallucinations commanding growing attention and respect. As Sagan demonstrates with lucid eloquence, the siren song of unreason is not just a cultural wrong turn, but a dangerous plunge into darkness that threatens our most basic freedoms. And so through the passage that I read you from this book, Sagan posits it's the misunderstanding or ignorance of science, uh, scientific thinking that is going to be the downfall and our reliance on pseudoscience and superstition. But I'm not so sure I, dis I um, completely agree with that notion. I, I think I might just have to disagree with them. The way I see it, it's the human condition that leans us into believing in superstitions and pseudoscientific beliefs. It's our desire to have a grand mythology, or even in the absence of our need for ritual, and all the pseudoscience trappings that go with it. We, and certainly Satanists, we need to understand this and then be able to work through it. Human beings are just animals. Our DNA is not coded to understand the upcoming, but to repeat and exist in the past. We only survived as evolved creatures that we are in this current society because of the random chaos of our species in its past. And so those traits of survival are passed through our DNA and hence have a tight grip on how we act, how we think, how we behave. Um, that's not to say we can't break through our pre-programming or pre-program ourselves. And I think certainly what we see in human evolution is our ability to, pre, uh, to reprogram our more carnal aspects of our behaviors or our more reactionary uh, behaviors throughout our lives, right? But it's that same connection to our animalistic side that feeds us the same reason we need ritual is the same reason we make up mythologies. It's the same reason why we want pseudoscience to be real, even in the face 
of its abject lie. We want to be able to uh, perform magnificent magical feats when, depending on how you understand greater magic, you may or may not be able to to some degree. So I don't think human beings slipping out of abject worship and understanding and engaging in scientific thinking is necessarily a bad thing. It's simply returning to who and what we actually are in the first place. And what it does actually help us with is it helps us weed out those human elements that we don't want to continue in the gene pool. We don't want their DNA to continue to infect future generations of humans. And so we allow them to share their uh, misinformation and their lies and their bogus uh, uh, false news stories so that we can then point at them and say, okay, that's one we need to avoid propagating with as a species. It's easy to cordon them off if we let them speak for themselves. If we say no one can say anything crazy, then we just have to kind of guess whether someone's crazy or not, and you might actually bring their DNA into the future. If we want modern, scientific, focused, thinking people for the future, we have to stop those fantasy believers today <laughs> from propagating. Now, again, this is all sort of weird, high-level stuff. We, as a people, tend to have this need to elevate the few in our society so that we can feel connected with others by worshiping those few, whether they're social media influencers, whether they're religious leaders, whether they're governmental leaders, um, or whether it's just a community leader. Uh, maybe it's just a person in your office at work. We tend to elevate people, put them on pedestals, and then sort of collectively worship them. That's just what we do. And, and you know, to a greater or lesser degree of worship, but that's where authority in life comes from. Other people giving theirs away to you. That all feeds in to this lizard brain activity of who and what we are as a species. So it's easy sitting where we are in this time to look at human behavior and say, we are just so stupid. These generations that exist, they're just dumbing each other down. Uh, uh, we're sharing information on social media that's patently false, just straight up lies. Everyone's wanting everyone to get along and so they're not calling a spade a spade. Dumbing down all of America or just our species in general. But I posit that we have always been dumb we're not dumbing ourselves down at all. We're simply always reverting back to our lizard brains and championing them because that's what we are. We're human animals. That's what we're best at. We're best at believing in lies because it feels good. We're best at finding ourselves in uh, echo chamber because it feels good. Facing reality means facing the reality that you believe lies at times, or you just simply are wrong about your preconceived notions. That's the, that's the wonder, that's the glory of science. And yes, I do think, certainly as Satanists, we should be taking this, as, this, um, um, this perspective of, of fighting through our lizard brain 
and trying to arrive at our rational, scientific-minded selves, develop that side of ourselves so that we can then pass that on to future generations. But we're not dumbing it down. We've always been dumb. And that's why it's so easy for everyone to say in the future, our society is going to continue to degrade and become more stupid with each new technology that comes out. Because that's a safe bet. That's what we do as species. That's what we are as human animals. We will always revert to the easiest, the stupidest, the simplest denominator. It just kind of bugs me when we think we're greater than what we actually are. And then we reflect on our society as if we're better because of that perspective. And all you're doing is fooling yourself. You're putting yourself on a pedestal when you don't deserve it. Now, put yourself on a pedestal when you've done something of substance and celebrate yourself. Yeah. But simply doing so because you think others around you are dumb, that's a little pretentious and not quite truthful. Let's just be honest about where we are as a species is all I'm saying. Um, we have to stop treating everyone with kids' gloves in our world, right? We have to allow people to suffer the consequences of their actions. By doing that, we will weed out the stupid. We will weed out the truly dumb that continue to fall back on these old myths and uh, patent lies, easily provable lies. And then we can move forward with a more scientific-minded species. But we can't do that if we're allowing the dummies to pr propagate the species. That's just the reality of it. The randomness of evolution is that in any given moment, only certain types of creatures with certain types of sensibilities can survive, right? So if you are easily adaptable to um, the Arctic and your species springs up and is you know trapped in the arctic only those capable of surviving will survive human species is very adaptable hence we move around what we find is that the human species is so adaptable we've actually made it so we don't have to evolve very fast we've actually encapsulated ourselves in our own safety mechanisms as a group think as a society that we're protecting the stupid from weeding themselves out we are the very problem that is causing our future to be bad. All we have to do is stop protecting the people. If they want to run out in traffic, well, I'm not going to hold you back. If they want to jump off a high rise, I'm not going to stop you. And I shouldn't be held, be held accountable if you decide to do it and I'm there watching you and letting you do it. Um, so I guess my, my whole wrapping my mind around this uh it's flippant and easy to mock our culture and somehow remove yourself from it in the moment when you read statements like this but you have to take a step back and realize you're part of the culture you're sharing this same meme this same message around the internet and what are you doing to change it you're engaging in the very activity that he's bitching about. You're part of the problem. But you don't see the irony of it. That's the beauty when I get it on my end. Because <laughs> you just don't see how silly it is. All right. So that being said, what do you guys think? Um, what do I... 
pseudoscience exists because pseudo-intellectuals exist. People need to know their place. Interesting. Uh, you like Einstein's take, Aaron. I fear the day technology will surpass our human interaction. The world will have a generation of idiots. But again, it's easy to make those statements because we know that that's what the human animal does and will continue to do. I, I just don't find any particular brilliance in these brilliant individuals making these statements. Whether it's the doctor talking about um, technology uh, becoming the new god, whether it's Einstein talking about technology overstepping human engagement, or whether it's Carl Sagan talking about uh, the average human not understanding scientific thinking anymore and thus reverting to myth um, and uh, superstition and pseudoscience it's those ideas are not brilliant those ideas are just like yeah no shit that's what that's that's who he is that's who we be <laughs> i meant to say like that okay um oh man don't even get me started with the crystals just admit that you bought them because they look cool <laughs> i love the crystal people they're great the worst thing about healing crystals is dying when they don't work <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Take the warning labels off and let the chips fall. I mean, I genuinely think the downside to that is that the reason why warning labels are there are not to protect the populace is to protect the company selling the product, right? From uh, uh, liability of death. If we just take away the opportunity for people to, again, this is blanket statement. I'm not thinking of the thing. I'm just sort of getting it out there. Um, take away the people's ability to sue others for their own actions like if you consciously engaged in activity x and you suffered consequence y you cannot go to the company that provided you with the opportunity of going to that action x because you chose to do it, it it's not on them like here's an example I want to provide a service where people can ride an elevator to the top of a thousand foot story building and walk off of it if someone chooses to do so, am I held liable for them doing that? No. I'm just providing an easily uh, accessible opportunity for someone to end their own lives. They know they're going to by doing it, so let them do it. But if I had a label saying, if you do this, you will die, well, then it ensures they can't sue me because then, you know, I have, I guess it would be similar to plausible deniability, but I would have legal protections. And so that's why we have those labels, right? Everyone thinks that you take the labels off and then everything will be fine. Well, no, because then people will just start suing the company and there's no protections in place. We have to get protections in place from ensuring that people are held responsible for their own actions. That's more challenging because that puts the onus on us. But yeah, we need to do something. Society promotes stupidity to a dangerous degree. That's because we are stupid. That's because it doesn't promote it, I don't think. It's just that's what we are. That's what we are. I don't know how else to say it. Like, we are stupid as a species. It is the exceptional that it is the other, it is the alien elite, if you will, that aren't abjectly stupid, that take responsibility for their own actions. That is part of what makes us as Satanists separate from the rest of the population we are scientific minded uh, we are conscious of responsibility and consequence and we take that seriously to the individual degree 
That's what makes us different. And to think that that somehow the population is causing it themselves. No, they're just being what they are. You know, it, 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 you, you hold a snake and it bites you. What did you think it was going to do? It's a snake. This is what human beings are. This is how they act. We should know this. They're not causing it. They're not promoting it. They just exist. Uh, the most stupid I do is color in coloring books for kids. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. Every nation needs money launderers to maintain oh, the infrastructure that supports the real work. You don't need brains to consume. They, yeah, and they count on the fact that you don't have brains. And that's why we get in this cycle of uh, purchase and discarding. That's consumerism cycle. Well, it used to be that you would buy something and it would last and you would repair it and it would just be the thing that you owned. Now we have this weird five-year or less cycle. And for phones, a one-year cycle. They say, hey, we've just upgraded it. Buy a new one. Do you really need to? No. Is it going to change your life if you buy the new one? No. They just want you to. So they find a reason to make you want to buy it. Um, there was an old uh, satanic reseller that um, I knew about who would, they started off making the most cheap, and worthless versions of the product. And then every year they would release a newer and better version of that same product, encouraging you, the Satanist, to buy the newer version. Now, that person I'm speaking about is no longer in business, but <laughs> you see what they do. They cater to the people for what they want. You start with the most broke and they end up in a better, more uh, accessible place, always improving on the product a little bit, only enough to make you want to buy another one. It's a whole weird consumer cycle that we have literally created for ourselves. We're the problem. Um, all right, one more. What do you guys got? Uh, Buck, you knew someone was going to bring up McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We're going to get into some other stuff here in, in Roll Informant. Um, I think we should do that now. So that's it for this uh, Devil's Advocate. Let's dive into the Infernal Informant. Florida woman who coughed on cancer patient amid COVID pandemic sentenced to 30 days in prison. This is from People.com. A Florida woman who admitted that she intentionally coughed on and threatened a mask-wearing shopper during an, inter uh, an interaction caught on video that went viral last year has been sentenced to serve time in prison. Deborah Hunter, 53, will serve 30 days in jail, according to the New York Times, which cited court records. A judge in Jacksonville also determined that Hunter must serve six months probation and participate in a mental health evaluation along with anger management, according to an email from David Chapman, the communications director for the state attorney's office in Jacksonville, which was obtained by the Associated Press. The Fernandina Beach resident was also ordered to cover the costs of her victim's previous COVID-19 test and pay for a $500 fine. 
Hunter already received credit for the one day of jail time that she had already served last year, the AP reported. Last June, Hunter was involved in an incident at Jacksonville Pier 1 Imports store where she coughed on fellow shopper Heather Sprague, who was recording video of Hunter's altercation with employees at the store. Sprague later identified herself as a brain cancer patient, and she was on a rare public outing during the COVID-19 pandemic because her treatments left her immunocompromised. In video of the incident, Hunter becomes aggressive when, when, with store employees before she turns towards Sprague with a two-handed obscene gesture. Quote, I think I'll get really close to you and cough on you then, Hunter can be heard saying in the video. How's that? Hunter previously entered her plea last month after Judge James Ruth told her he was ready to move ahead with jury selection for a trial. Hunter had agreed at two previous hearings to plead guilty, but because neither of those pleas included the option for jail time, the judge rejected them, News 4 Jacks previously reported. The incident generated a backlash that turned Hunter into a pariah, according to the three-page letter from the mom of three to the judge in which Hunter tried to explain her actions. In describing the incident, she wrote, My daughter was alarmed when she noticed a stranger recording the three of us with her phone. Admittedly, I was immediately infuriated and demanded the customer to stop filming my kids. In the heat of the moment, I overreacted in an overprotective manner, which ultimately led to my retaliation on this stranger, the victim. And the highly regrettable split-second knee-jerk reaction has cost my family dearly. Hunter included another 23-page 20, uh, document that... Uh, of harassing texts, emails, letters, and social media posts targeting her and her family. Quote, despicable vile skink. I hope your whole family gets COVID and suffers immensely, then dies. One reaction read. Hunter wrote, we no longer take family bike rides around the neighborhood. We no longer wave at neighbors passing by. I realize this all may sound like a bad movie script, she added. I assure you, I never thought I would be playing a starring role in a social media feeding frenzy. Hunter dismissed any effort to portray her letter as a request for mercy, empathy, or understanding. She wrote, I have been so incredibly humbled by this ordeal that I do not feel right about asking for anything. My guilt consumes me daily as I watch how one poor decision continues to chip away at my undeserving family. But she concluded, I often wonder what it would be like if every one of us, as the flawed human beings we are, had their worst moments reduced to a short video for all the world to see and judge. A short video of, say, 30 to 10 to 30 seconds, as Carl Sagan mentioned. Okay, so they want outrage against this woman because she's caught on film reacting to the woman filming her, saying that she will cough on her. How about that? And then she walks up and she coughs, and then she flips her off and she walks out of the store. And during the COVID pandemic, everyone freaks out about this. Understandably, it's in the middle of a pandemic, right? She didn't have COVID. The person that was coughed on never got COVID and didn't have it herself. So everyone was healthy and safe, except it was later revealed that the camera woman had cancer. Had nothing to do with the reason why she was coughed on. It was just the chaos of the moment. Just happened to be her. Let's put a pin in that for a second. Why the hell was this lady filming her? Why was this woman who had cancer, who this is one of her only outings, why did she find it important to take out her camera in the very lemming-like fashion that everyone does today and record any interaction that happens that is off the beaten path or slightly abnormal? This woman was engaging communication with the store workers. They were having some sort of confrontation, right? 
This woman does take it upon herself to take out her camera and start filming her and her kids while she's having this engagement. She entered into the situation herself of her own volition. This is her fault. She did it. Now, did she deserve to be coughed on? Probably not. No, I think that's a weird reaction to have. You could just walk away as this woman should have done and eventually did do after having made those bad decisions. But how long are you, as the individual watching me right now, going to stand there and allow someone to just do this? How, how long are you going to deal with that before you react? And are you going to be in your best place when you inevitably react? You're already pissed off because the interaction you're having with the store, and then some crazy bitch next to you starts fucking throwing her phone in your face. What are you going to do? Not everyone is going to be the best man, the better person in that given moment. You're just going to react. She reacted badly, not physically, and walked away. Would she have coughed on her if she knew she had COVID? I doubt it. I don't think she would have been out. She probably would have been in a hospital somewhere. Uh, so I'm not saying that the victim should be blamed. I'm only saying that the victim put themselves in the position in the first place. So should this woman have gotten 30 days jail time and fined? No, no, I don't think so. She should have been fined because what she did, she shouldn't have done. So fine her for it. Make her pay for the COVID test. And then if there's any, you know, extra medical bills necessary, then have that burden be on her because presumably she would have then infected the person. But just coughing on someone because you're recording them? No. If it was a guy, he probably would have knocked you out. Now, throwing in the whole cancer thing, well, that's just a fact that the woman had cancer, was completely unrelated to the fact of the incident or the coughing. It's just a little extra add-on icing to make it even sweeter of a story for people to get riled up against and get their pitchforks and knives chasing this woman down the street. And this is the result. This is the end result of cancel culture. You have one bad day. You say one or do one bad thing. And now your life is over. You don't get any do-overs. It doesn't matter if you apologize. We will cancel your entire existence. This is America. This is our culture that we have chosen. That we encourage because we engage in it ourselves. Can we just allow someone to have a bad day? Can that just be a thing anymore? Can I just have the freedom to make one bad choice that literally hurt no one, it didn't result in any harm to anyone at all, and not have my life ruined because of it. Are we not allowed to be human anymore? Seemingly not. And that is what this woman is realizing very quickly. She's bitching about the effect it's having on her kids, but she put her kids in that situation. She's taking no responsibility for your actions. You're absolutely right. She is not. No one is innocent in this situation. There's a lot of things you have to take into consideration as a human adult every time you go out. You have to think about what you do before you end up doing it, but we don't always do that. She probably didn't expect to run into this sort of conflict as, you know, when she was running errands with her kids. It just happened. And so she just reacted. Good guy badge theory. Um, 
yeah, but don't film people's kids. It's tasteless. And in this day and age, you never know who gets that video. That's why people should be uh, armed. They'd all be nicer. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, that's how people felt in COVID, right? Everyone felt like they had a gun. Like you didn't know if you had it. If you weren't tested, you could. Maybe I had it earlier in the year. I don't know. So everyone kind of felt like everyone was a little bit dangerous. And this was her way of, you know, pulling that gun out and saying, stop fucking with me. Stop filming me. <clears throat> right? I mean, that was that was her, her reaction. Um, don't complain about what you need not subject yourself to. Uh, I don't think, I do think coughing on someone during the pandemic was pretty serious threat though. Kind of like wielding a weapon normally is. Yeah. And that's what I was mentioning there. Um, the pussification of America is intense, but again, we're doing it to ourselves. We, there is no other species that's handing down rules to us, right? We're not playing by some board game rules that have been pre-established. We're making them up and we're the cause of them. <laughs> so... That's why we have to be engaged politically as, as Satanists. It's the only way, as on, on an individual basis, making individual choices. But if you don't, then you're playing by someone else's rules instead of your own. Let's see. Uh, back in 2019, a lady who looked exactly like Jabba the Hutt coughed on your neck. I gave her the what the fuck look. Nothing. No apology. Nothing. I bet she enjoyed it. The resemblance was uncanny. <laughs> She's swallowing a frog at the time. Maybe she was just choking on the frog. <laughs> you never know. I, I wanted to talk about this because on the surface and the, the way it's presented, it's trying to draw clear lines. Good guy, bad guy. And we as Satanists need to look, even if it's not obvious, we need to look for an uncomfortable third side perspective, right? So don't take either side of these two ladies in the situation, but certainly examine how they got there, what they could have done better, what you would possibly do in that situation and use that result of uh, um, conclusion to inform how you act in your life, you know, moving forward. We need an Edgar friendly to uncockatoo our world. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sorry, dog. Um, okay. So, that being said, let's get into another one. This is rough. It's short. This is from NBCNews.com. Three-year-old fatally shoots baby brother after picking up unsecured gun. An eight-month-old boy died Saturday after being shot by his three-year-old brother at a Houston apartment, police said. Assistant Chief Wendy Bainbridge of the Houston Police Department indicated the shooting unfolded accidentally after the toddler picked up an unsecured firearm. This is just tragic, she said at a news conference. It was just one gunshot to the abdomen, and unfortunately, our little one is deceased. Two family members drove the baby boy to a hospital where he was pronounced dead, she said. A subsequent search turned up a gun in the vehicle, police tweeted. Hospital officials informed police about the shooting, Bainbridge said, adding that four adults were in the apartment at the time. She said it's illegal for firearms to be accessible to young children, and investigators were trying to determine who owned the guns. I just want to take this moment to plead with parents and guardians all over to not allow your firearms to be accessible to anyone in the house, she said. Lock them up. Okay, so there's no legislation that could make this not have happened. This is simply a result of adults not being responsible with their firearms. And this is the inevitable result of 
adults not having any firearms training or ignoring that training and having firearms in the home. This is just what happens. I went to look up for this image um, that is literally outside of the apartment complex or something like that. And it pulled up a huge list of other similar situations where it's toddlers or children killing someone else accidentally. You leave, you ha if you own firearms and you have kids in the house, they will get a hold of them. It is incumbent upon you as the owner of said firearm to ensure that it does not have rounds in the chamber or in a magazine and the magazine is not in the freaking gun itself. And so as a, a firearm owner, you have to always sort of try to find this weird balance. You buy the firearms in order to protect yourselves. So you need to have them accessible so that you can protect yourself in a situation, right? If someone busts through your door, you're not going to have time to open up a safe and pull it out and put the magazine in and cock it and then go address the person that's trying to kill you or harm your family. You want it loaded under your pillow, ready to go. You know, that's sort of the mindset. The downside to that is if you have kids or troubled teens in the house, they have access to those same firearms. And so what do you do? Where do you go? You don't have firearms in those situations. If you are an adult with no kids, you own your own home or your own location of existing, whether it's, you know, condo or whatever uh, apartment you're renting, fine, have them strewn about on tables. Pretend you're Scarface, I don't care. Protect yourself in whatever way you think is reasonable and responsible. But if you have any other variable in that area that can access your firearms, it's on you. So whoever owns that firearm should be prosecuted as having murdered that baby. Period. And any legislation that can prevent any human who does not understand and does not respect firearm laws should never be allowed to legally own them. Period. Take tests. Have licenses. Make sure they're registered. It's that simple. And we don't do that now. Now, would this adult who owns it, there's a lot of conjecture here, if they were regularly, annually licensed in order to learn how to properly own maintain and use a firearm would that have stopped this baby this toddler from getting a hold of it and killing the baby yeah yeah it would have because it's illegal to have access to firearms to babies and to toddlers and to children they would have known that they would have had it locked up or they wouldn't have had it around the in the in the home with the kid in the first place it's that simple but we're americans and we don't give a fuck about consequences and here's the reality. Everyone that says you should not have any other gun legislation and no legislation is going to work. You have to accept that you are okay with babies, toddlers, and children being accidentally shot on a regular basis. You have to, because you don't get one without the other. The result of not having further licensing or regulation of guns is that this will happen inevitably. You can't blame the species because the species will always do what it does. We are stupid. We are not responsible as a species. Some of us are, but not the species as a whole. 
You cannot cater to the greatest. You have to cater to the lowest common denominator in a society. So if you don't want any more legislation, okay, but then you're okay with babies being shot. And if you are, at least you're being honest. And I can respect that. But if you're not, then stop pretending and get on board with having further legislation. And as someone who owns firearms, I'm all for more legislation. 100%. If, if we can not have children accessing firearms and killing other children, then yeah, why would you not want that? Does it make your life a little more difficult? Well, I'm sorry, but you were given the right to own firearms by the state. The state can then restrict that. It's that simple. You're not owed the right. You don't have rights. They're all made up. We made them up. That's how I know. <laughs> Fucking people. All right, if you carry a gun and live with monkeys, don't leave the gun around or you'll have a monkey with a gun in your hands. 100% <laughs> absolutely, and that's what happened in this particular story. Where the fuck were the parents doing? Uh, what the fuck were they doing? They had guns the whole time. Take, the kids were little, not a single incident. This is irresponsible. 100%. That's why I think they should be like uh, punished. They should face legal consequences as if they held that gun because they allowed that child access by leaving it out. Period. With great power comes great responsibility. Surprise, Spider-Man. <laughs> Unless my dog's in my yard, you come in my dog's property, he or she bites you, that's on you. Yeah, you know, as long as you warn them, right? Don't you have to have a sign or something? I mean, it is your property anyway, but... Uh, third side, good on them for cleaning up their own bloodline. <laughs> that is an uncomfortable alternative. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Um, yeah, dogs are a different beast altogether because not all dogs bite. They're not all dogs are aggressive. It really depends on how they're trained, if they're trained, if, and how their owners treat them. Um, and that, you know, that's just life. So, you know, we don't have, we don't have licenses to be parents. So to be animal owners, we don't, but we do have licenses to drive cars. So we should have licenses to own implements meant only to destroy. But that's just my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. Okay, so that's where I land on this. It really drives me crazy when you run across gun owners who just say we shouldn't have any legislation, we should just let us do what we want. Well, this is the consequence of having the legislations that we do have, is that we have idiots owning firearms and first-time firearm owners this year alone has been more than the past decade i'm throwing like numbers out there that, that mean nothing <laughs> because i don't actually have the real numbers but there are more registered gun owners this year than there have been in past years period and maybe combined that's the study i was uh, um, quoted anyway probably should have done my due diligence and checked that so maybe one of you can double check that for me um, but the truth is, is that fear drives purchasing of firearms and ammunition and fear is not always the best motivator, and it certainly doesn't educate you. So, that being said, let's move on to the creature feature and close this episode out. Ah, no, that's the wrong one. <laughs>
We're going to throw this image up. Okay. Um, a little background about me. Uh, I'm an art director in an advertising agency. I'm a graphic designer, designer by profession. Um, and I appreciate what design means. So for those of you who may not know, art is individual expression in a medium, whether it's a canvas for painting or it's digital or whatever. Design is art meant to deliver a message. And so whenever I speak of design, it's about the message and how creatively it was conveyed. And I appreciate design. Now, is all design good? No. Sometimes it's not supposed to be. Sometimes it's meant to be uncomfortable and look a little wonky because it makes you uncomfortable as the viewer. That's part of the message. That's part of the experience that the designer is trying to evoke within you, right? So sometimes you're going to have good design. Sometimes you're going to have bad design. But as long as it is effectively telling its message, then it's doing its job, right? I love this billboard. I drove past this billboard and I couldn't get it out of my head. It just stuck in there. So I, I read an article, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, that was about all of the Asian attacks happening because of this pandemic and the blaming of um, American Asians uh, and just violence. We saw the same thing happen to um, Arab Americans in, and like Shiite Muslims, which made no sense at the time at all, but people who perpetuate these violent attacks don't care about logic, um, in the aftermath of 9-11, right? So this is just what we do. Um, we attack those around us that hurt our feelings in some other substantive way. So if Arab Americans ran a plane into a tower, then we're going to attack any Arab American we find around us. That's what the simple man does. That's what the simple men do. They're doing it for the coronavirus, for the pandemic. Uh, to, and, and here's the, I've never understood this. And so I, I can't quite grasp why. I understand we do it because we're irrational beings. But we should have some higher processes running through our head to stop us. Just because someone is of Asian descent does not mean they came from a Wuhan lab. You know what I mean? Like one plus one equals two, not ten. I don't know. It's just weird. And so there's been this resurgence of um, individuals trying to have the back of the Asian American community. And though I would never step up to that, I do actually appreciate that there are those who do. And whether it's the individual community themselves or whether it's others in uh, conjunction with them, like we saw with the Black Lives Matter movements, you saw a lot of white people stepping in, well, a lot of ethnicities, it's not fair just to say whites, but um, stepping in to help back the Black Lives, movements matter, um, Black Lives Matter movement, whether you agree or not, I tend to, you know, appreciate that someone's willing to help someone else out that's disenfranchised. Again, I'm not going to do it myself, but I appreciate it when I see it. This billboard, I think, is design brilliant. It, 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 the, the message is so clear, right? So on its face, Asian American. Okay. But then they played with the typography of some of the letters. So it's, I am Asian American. So it's not just, I am Asian, it's, I'm an American. I am an Asian, but I am an American. So why the hell are you attacking me, right? But you can also read it as, as an American, I am American. There's just so many different ways that conveys this wonderful message that 
Your ethnicity does not define your nationality. And if you are legally a citizen of this country, then you're a citizen of this country. You're not some crazy immigrant trying to uh, murder people with COVID-19 or started COVID-19 and brought it here to America. You're just a fucking Asian American. Why are you attacking me, bro? Don't, don't tase me, bro. Right? So I just, I thought it was just simple, brilliant, to the point. It didn't, it's not telling you to do anything. The message just is, we're Americans. <laughs> That's it. That's all it says. That's the whole point of it. It's telling the public to stop being idiots and realize that these are your brothers and sisters as citizens. Nothing more, nothing less. No call to action, no donation link, just we are. And it's beautiful, and it's apropos, and it's powerful. It's a message that stuck in my head enough to make me want to bring it up to this damn thing. So as poorly designed as it may be, as um, simple in its presentation as it may be, it got me thinking, and it hasn't made me stop. I, last night, I was um, talking to my wife about it. It was like drawing it on a paper and like isolating the letters and stuff saying, look at this, look how it can be read in all these different ways as you're driving down the road at 60 miles an hour and you get literally one to three seconds to see it, your brain processes what it sees in the message. And so you're going to see it differently depending on how it, you, it's, it's hitting your mind, where you are in your own head, you know, your own life experience is going to come. So as an American, I am American. I am Asian American, Asian American. I, you know, I mean, there's just so many different ways that it's going to jump out at you and force you, force you to understand the simple message. Asian American. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. It is just, this is what design is supposed to do. And for those of you who never think about any of this, and this is just really weird that I'm even bringing it up because it makes no sense to you, this is just how my mind works. <laughs> so that's why I bring it up. That'd be hilarious if it was a, a dick pic that popped up. <laughs> I had to stop in the middle of the freeway. It was the, the early this morning. You, know, you can see the sun rising over the ridge of the mountains there. But I literally stopped in the middle of the freeway to wait for this digital ba uh, billboard to pop up because it's on a cycle of a bunch of other ones. And I was just stopped in the middle of the road with my phone and my son's like looking in the rear view like, Dad, what are you doing? Are we supposed to be stopped in the middle? I'm like, I just want to get this billboard. And I'm like looking in the rear view to make sure no cars are coming because, again, it was early. No one else was on the road. It was just like, I had to get this. I have to talk about this. So what do you guys think? Do you think that design adds, lends power to a message? Or do you think that it should only convey the message and allow those who receive it to then add power to it? Um, she's actually caught a lot of shit after 9-11 because they wear turbans. Shiites. Yeah, Shiites, they, they got the wrong end of the stick because they were the victims too. <laughs> like... They were, they, they were being victimized by the very people that attacked us and, and that we then liberated them from. And then as soon as they get here, we attack them. That's what we do, man. That's America. That is America. What do you want? Let's see. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm going to do another 25 minutes on billboards <laughs> Jeez, as I geek out on it. 
<laughs> I am as an Erican. Mm. That, that's actually speaking American. <laughs> you know, it's not English. It's American. Let's see. I do a similar thing when I see omen every time I see women on a bathroom door. Oh, really? Interesting. Design is arguably more important than the message nowadays. Mm, style over substance? Yeah, for sure. I the beholder. Yeah, you're right, Jason. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. We're just under an hour, too. Not bad. Um, I have been fueled by your interaction, uh, you know, for the past couple of shows. Traditionally, if something pops in my head throughout the week, I'll use that as the message for Nine Cents. If you guys inspire something by sending me a message or something, then I'll use that as the catalyst for a conversation. Um, finding the creature feature segment and the internal uh, infernal informant segment content is pretty simple on its own um but if i don't have any ideas then i'll just fall back on like some old you know satanic literature you know whether it's the letters to the devil column that uh, the doctor put out there or whether it's some essays or existing literature that we use but it still I tend to find myself repeating myself. Like I, I had this whole idea last week that I was going to do a whole show about fear until I realized that I'd already done that. <laughs> I did a whole show about fear and I had all these great ideas. I was like, oh, this is going to be a really fantastic conversation. And then I just did a quick search on my website. I was like, ah, shit. I already had all these damn talking points and I already, I, I had no memory of doing it. I've been doing this for a decade. And so I will retread old ground from time to time, but I will try not to. All of that being said, this is ultimately for all of you to garner some benefit from, right? Like whether it's a different perspective, whether it's just the fun of having a back and forth, and whether it's just a, you know, a chance in a week to talk with another Satanist for a little while. Whatever you get from it, you're meant to get something. And so if you want this to continue into the future, I might need a little bit of help coming up with new content ideas. So I just want to say thank you for all of those who do send emails, who do engage with me in other ways uh, to help me continue doing this. Um, it's generally pretty simple for me to put together and, and, and speak to the camera, but sometimes it's a little more challenging to try to find something to talk about. So ultimately, what are you going to want to get out of this interaction? And if it's information if it's perspective then shoot me some of your ideas i really appreciate it so i guess this would just be summed up as a call for thoughts you know info at reverendcampbell.com let me know what you think and i appreciate it if you do otherwise that's it thank you guys so much for tuning into the show you can always support this show by subscribing becoming a member you know if you want to get access to a bunch of other daily thought vlogs or while they're going live you can actually communicate with with me during them um, you can uh, sign up to the email list and get informed about what I'm going to be doing next and when it's going to be released. So you can be sure to, you know, be available to tune in if you want to. If you want to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, check out churchofsatan.com and uh, read the Satanic Bible. Seriously, even if you're not a Satanist, you should read it. It's, it's a really good, really interesting volume. And of course, We Are Satanists is coming out. As Ruth just mentioned at the beginning of this uh, show, as it was coming out, she's on the final stages of editing. So 
you can pre-order it at Satan.net. So do so. Why not? It's going to be a great collection. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all so much. And until next week, hail Satan.